And, and the magazines were helpful because it would say like, hey, if you want a bigger, thicker back, you're gonna do uh, some of these compound movements. You're gonna do like bent over rows, one arm dumbbell rows, deadlifts and stuff like that. And I could see the pictures and I could see what they wrote in the magazine and I can go apply it. So it was similar, yeah. um, but you know, the YouTube descriptions with the video, super helpful. But I still wanted to look jacked and I still think that my back isn't the way I want it to be and maybe other body parts because I was just moving the weight. If I took the time to drop the ego, focus on technique and form and progress at that point rather than progress with doing the movement incorrectly, I feel like I would have had, for bodybuilding, my goals, I would have had a lot more progress. You know, you and I have been getting after it pretty good and you've been training for a long time, so you know how to get after it with some intensity, you know how to get volume, you're really good at like judging your body. Like even for today's workout, you wrote out specific stuff and you wrote, you know, two sets, two sets, two sets. Obviously we did more than two sets when it felt right to us. And at other times, um, where was, well we did, yeah, I guess we did more sets on almost all of them, but um, I don't think you need to be that specific, you know, if you're new. Yeah. I don't think you need to be like, you know, there's all this research about you need 12 sets per body part type thing or 10 sets per body part per week. And uh, there may be some truth to some of that, and that might be a decent guideline. But if someone's newer, like, what do you think, what do you think they need uh, to gain some muscle mass? Hmm. I don't even, I wouldn't even say there's a number. Obviously, don't go in the gym and do just like one set one exercise that's way you but even if but even if you did one set and one exercise it's it's uh different than zero where you were before yeah right i was gonna say like yeah i think in my opinion that would be you should probably do a little more but even anything as a newbie um the stimulus is gonna be like so new and your body's gonna respond from it no matter what it is that just, I would just say have fun unless you have a specific goal. Like you know right from the start, the second you go to the gym for the first day, you wanna be a pro bodybuilder, then maybe it would be worth looking into a bodybuilding program, doing stuff like that. Or if you wanna do powerlifting, then you should probably have some type of guidance or structure to your training when you start but I started with doing just what I like. I did arm day like every single day. Like I did biceps. Every time I went to the gym, it would just be a bicep day. So I did that for like almost a year. And then I did my own research, made my own mistakes. And then over time I was like, oh, I should probably do a chest day. I should probably train my legs. Um, but in the beginning I was I was just growing. It didn't really matter. My workouts might be fucking four or five hours sometimes, or they might be 30, 40 minutes. I remember my oldest brother, Mike, trying to put a barbell on my back, trying to show me how to squat. And uh, I couldn't get comfortable with it. Yeah. It just like hurt, it, like hurt my back, like hurt my upper back. And you know, like in the beginning, you forget about those things, but you, develop almost a callus or like a shelf back there. Yeah. You build muscles up and then you can hold weight literally on like your rear delts. Yeah. And you hold the weight kind of on your traps. But in the beginning, you don't have any of that. 
and I remember like he was trying to show me how to squat and he was just like, you're always gonna be a pussy. <laughs> you're always gonna like suck at this. But I just took my time with it. I didn't, uh, even though he was being like kind of harsh, I didn't allow that to be like a negative thing. It wasn't necessarily a driver of me, you know, getting all fired up to squat necessarily, but I just viewed it as, okay, that's a valuable exercise. I'll get to it at some point. But I was a little bit more like you, where the upper body stuff came easier. And so I stuck with that a lot. And uh, not right in the beginning, but maybe when I was like 16, 17, I got way into training my arms. Yeah. Like where I would do like 10, 12 sets of arm work. And I would say that like looking back at it, I might do that twice a week or something like that, maybe eight to 10 sets of like arm work. And when I look back at that, that was probably like the majority of my gym training was like arms, maybe some like back, maybe some chest. Yeah. And it gave me, what it did is it gave me positive reinforcement about the gym. And I think the worst thing you could do is have a lot of negative inputs yeah. about the gym. So if someone tells you you have to squat and you go to the gym and do all these sets of squats and you can't walk, I, mean, I don't know if you remember, but like how sore you would get on the inside yeah. of your legs. Yeah. Like freaking it crazy. Would be painful, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about like a good quad. No, adductors. Yeah, it's, it, it's different, like, right? Like the, a good quad workout from squats and leg extensions and stuff. It's uncomfortable what you're like, I, you know, I yeah. kind of did it. That like tearing apart of all the muscles on the inside that, feels brutal. Yeah, that fucking hurts. But yeah, I think just doing stuff that you enjoy, because if you hate training, I don't know, back, and then you keep going to the gym and dreading the back workout, you're probably, most people are just gonna be like, the gym is not for me, or they're gonna just have a negative look on it because it's not gonna be enjoyable or fun for them. So that's why I think when you start out, there's nothing wrong with just being free. Be creative, do whatever you want. If you like doing triceps every single day, then do triceps every single day because eventually if you keep going to the gym, you're gonna explore other things. You're gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna try a back day or I'm gonna now set, my, set up a program for myself or I'm gonna follow this guy's program. So you're basically just putting yourself there and then eventually you'll kind of just like take off your own in your own little path. Do you remember how you went to the gym in the beginning? Do you remember like yeah, sort of the first gym you went to and did you go with somebody or? Yeah, well I went, um, I started in my garage, but a lot of people do. So I started in my garage. I had like did, a cement your, bench. Your dad got some weights or something? Yeah, I think I was like 12 or something and I just did curls, triceps, bench press. Um, and that's pretty much all I did was just bench and curls. But then I went to, I always trained for baseball. So I would go to like academies or like my hitting coach's gym. He had like, he did a lot of Olympic lifting. So I was deadlifting a lot. Like I was, I would sneak into his gym and go max out just to show my buddies how much I could lift. So I was always deadlifting. But then when I went to a gym, I remember it was like the most amazing thing ever because <laughs> oh, I had never cool. been to a gym, like a public gym. So I went to like a cow fit by my house and my buddy snuck me in um, 
And I just remember, I was like, what the fuck? It's always that, going through like the side door or whatever, like no membership. I was like, what the fuck is going on? There was cable curls, preacher curls. I remember I was just doing curls with a a skinny little barbell and cement weights. So when I saw all this stuff, I was like, holy shit, this is the best place ever. And I trained for like three hours just curling, trying to keep a pump. Because when you first figure out what a pump feels like, you're looking in the mirror like, holy shit, I look jacked. I have to, everybody has to see me when I look like this. So I would get a pump, I would walk around, I'd lose it, I'd get a pump again, walk around, take pictures. Probably walking around like yeah. lats out, lats spread going. Yeah, so that it, I was like just amazed. I remember exactly wh- where I was, who I was with, what I did. It was amazing. And you said you went with a friend. Yeah, I went with two friends, yeah. So I think that that's important. Like, um, people are intimidated to go to the gym and they, they're nervous about it. They're not sure what they're going to see there and so on. Almost always people have like a friend, people have a family member. For me, I was lucky that my two brothers really loved training a lot. I was fortunate that my brothers, especially my brother Chris, he was into powerlifting. And he, Chris has... Uh, he was born with uh, kind of bow-legged, and he had to have surgeries on his knees when he was young. He was just in tons of pain. He couldn't, like, run. He couldn't do sports and stuff like that. And so he went to a doctor. He got some surgery. And then coming off the surgery, the guy that he went to for his rehabilitation was a chiropractor and a powerlifter. Mm-hmm. And that guy squatted, I want to say, I think around 700 pounds, and he weighed, like, 220 or weighed like 198. He squatted 700 pounds like in a competition. And he had, he had these uh, massive legs. And he's still around. I think he's still a chiropractor in, uh, in uh, upstate New York. His name was Dr. Sturace. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told my brother, he's like, you're never going to be out of pain unless you're strong. He's like, got to be strong to be able to support your body and, and so on. So he showed my brother how to squat with a broomstick. And then you can kind of like insert Rocky montage of him squatting and deadlifting and benching and getting into powerlifting. And it was probably a year and a half later, my brother went to high school uh, nationals for powerlifting and he squatted like 670 or 670, whatever that kilo number is. Mm -hmm. So my brother, you know, has always been strong and that was a good model for me. And him and my oldest brother brought me into the gym. And so I was super fortunate to have that. But most people, they don't, they don't always have a brother or sister or an uncle, a dad. For a lot of people, it's their dad. Their dad like showed them how to do some curls and some dumbbell bench press and stuff like that. But when you're new, like I think about the training sessions I did when I was really young and you're mentioning like doing these curls like in your basement. I remember doing workouts like that and none of them, none of those workouts made any sense. Um, None of those workouts, I don't think you could give that to somebody and be like, hey, is this, you think this is like scientific or anything? And they would be like, no, this seems like wrong. Like the style of training you did seems wrong. But what did my friends say, you know, when they saw me and stuff and when they saw me lift, I was able to lift certain weights. They were like, you're on steroids. You know, even at a young age, I had those accusations. So what I was doing was working. I was getting bigger and stronger, even though I really didn't know exactly what I was doing. And sometimes I'd do one set of something and just do it all out. And other times I would do like 10 sets of something. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had no idea what the word volume meant. 
I, I didn't know about any of this, but I was doing an insane amount of volume. Like I remember I did this all the way up until I got here. Do another set of shoulders. You need bigger shoulders. Let's go. COVID with, or that's a bad word, with the pandemic and everything, I only went to a public gym for like a short, like maybe like my junior year, like a little bit of my sophomore year and then my junior year with my buddy Jake. And then all my friends for the most part, well, Jake, who was my training partner left. And I was like, I just got super antisocial, then COVID hit. So I trained in my garage for two years in high school and then in college. Um, and I would do like, I would write, I would do like 10 sets of 20 bicep curls and I just like write little ticks on my uh, little like chalkboard thing. And it made no sense. I was just like, no idea what volume was, just did biceps, I'd have a bicep day. I think um, some of what we're trying to tell you is like you can overdo it and you can underdo it when you're new. And it, the main thing is that you're getting there, right? Yeah, the main really, thing is that yeah. you like what you're doing. Yeah, I had no idea if I was overdoing it or underdoing it because I didn't have too much experience. But I think trying it, at least, you'll be able to figure it out for yourself and then go from there. Because 10 sets of 20 curls for me, at, at one point, I was just like, all right, this is obviously too much. So just taper it down. But it doesn't matter. I still feel like I got, I responded. No matter what I did, if it was four sets of 20, 10 fucking sets of 20, like I'm, my body was still growing as long as I was eating and sleeping. So it didn't really matter, but I'm sure there's more of an optimal way to approach it. Were you able to use YouTube a little bit? Yeah, that's all I used. Cause still. you know, I didn't, obviously I didn't grow up with, with that. I uh, really, really what I had was magazines. You know, you could see, and, and the magazines were helpful cause it would say like, Hey, if you want a bigger, thicker back, you're gonna do uh, some of these compound movements. You're gonna do like bent over rows, one arm dumbbell rows, yeah, deadlifts and stuff like that. And I could see the pictures and I could see what they wrote in the magazine and I can go apply it. So it was similar, yeah. um, but you know, the YouTube descriptions with the video, yeah, super I, helpful. Yeah, I watched all of those. I did, well, first I watched all the super training videos. Uh, I watched super training videos. I'd watch Larry Wheels videos, Bradley Martin for a quick second. Then I realized this guy's not a hardcore bodybuilder. He doesn't really train. He's athletic, but he's athletic and jacked and, and jacked and strong, but whatever. Um, but no, I remember when I was just kind of messing around, just training arms a bunch in the beginning. At one point after watching YouTube videos, doing stuff, I was like, I'm lacking. Like I just looked at football players, I'd be like, they're so thick. Like I want to be thick. I want to. I'm lacking density. So I got into Justin Harris or Dante Trudell's uh, DC training, super hard. And all I had was a barbell and a pair of uh, 40 pound dumbbells. And I structured my whole entire uh, split around a barbell. I think it went a little bit over four plates, and then 40 pound dumbbells. And I remember I just followed that to a T, um, like the extreme stretch. I, really the only change was like I was doing the hard stuff. I was doing the compounds, the bent over rows, the RDOs, the weighted pull-ups, deadlifts, bench, shoulder press. And then my body just like blew up. 
it sounds like we have almost like a similar background in a way, even though I moved into powerlifting pretty quickly because it sounds like we both gravitated towards some of the uh, barbell movements and both gravitated towards the idea of we just need to get stronger. And I think that that's, I think that's a really good goal. So, so like, I think that uh, people don't need to get discouraged if they're really struggling with one particular exercise because so many other exercises do. People don't need to get discouraged with the amount of reps and sets and the amount of time that people say that you need to lift because all of it is pretty new to you and any amount is gonna be a good amount. So even if you're training for 30 minutes here and there and you're only doing two or three sets of stuff, it's like that's a really good, that's a really good start. But it is good to have some sort of aim. And I think if, I, from what I'm seeing from most people nowadays, like so many people's aim is like get abs. And I, I, I don't believe that that's a great place to start. Yeah. I believe a better place to start is like, let me see if I can have my body perform well and perform better. Let me learn how to squat. Let me learn how to deadlift. Let me learn how to bench and let me actually be able to improve upon those movements. They don't have to be standard barbell bench, standard barbell deadlift, standard barbell back squat. You could do many different versions of those things, but those are movements that have been proven time and time again to really work really well in terms of having somebody uh, not only build some strength, but also build some size. So if you're 150 pounds, 160 pounds, and you're looking to get like leaner, and or you're 270 pounds and you're looking to get leaner because you're on the heavier side, I think in both cases, both people would be better off focusing on strength and muscle more so than just getting skinny and lean. Yeah, I did. In the beginning, in the beginning. Yeah, I did both of those. In the beginning I did, uh, I think it was my senior year, I did like what I would consider a mock prep. I didn't know. Let's do some single arm over here. Yeah, I didn't know anything about like a cut or a real bodybuilding prep. I just thought it was that. I basically did like keto and then a high day without really knowing it. Um, for like a year, I did this uh, senior year and I got super lean, but I was just chasing like a men's physique look. Um, I was into men's physique for a short amount of time and I chased that, but then transitioning out of that, Everybody, I felt like everybody was bigger than me. I was shredded for sure, I felt good. But everything else suffered, I, I wasn't really that strong. Um, Were you losing was, like energy a little bit too? Yeah, energy was low. I'm sure my testosterone was low too because I wasn't on it. But my point is, is when I transitioned into doing the basics and building the base, after I, I took like a year to two years to squat, bench, deadlift, I also got into some powerlifting by the time I came here for a couple years. After that, I built a, such a solid uh, base that like the cuts after were so easy. It wasn't as hard. I didn't have to push as hard because I had a good layer of muscle uh, that I took the time to build in a bulk and do the hard stuff that's going to build dense muscle that sticks and not just fall off when you go into a deficit. So I would say that for me, that's the main benefit is besides looking jacked, 
being able to go into a cut and still eat a lot of food and not have to change that much to get a response from your body is probably one of the bigger benefits for myself. What about like diet as a beginner? Like, would you tell somebody to pay a lot of attention at the start? Would mm. you tell them to eat a lot or nah. eat clean? I, or? No, I wouldn't. I didn't. That, but that's just me. If if you're a little bit overweight, then it's going to be different. I wouldn't say eat whatever you want. But for, I, I mean, would say quickly on on the topic of just someone being on the heavier side, do your best to get most of your nutrition from like natural foods. Up your protein, you know, try to get a gram per pound of body weight. I don't think there needs to be a whole lot more focus on anything else. You could still eat some sandwiches. You could still have full on cheeseburgers. You just, you might want to, uh, you might want to track your calories a little bit. Like if you're a bigger guy, let's, again, let's just say you're 260, 270 pounds. If you are training hard, you, you can probably have, you could probably easily have around 3,000 calories and, and keep your body weight in check. You might have to check that a little bit and you might have to lower it or toggle it a little bit. But um, I wouldn't really worry or stress about it too much. The only thing I would track or pay attention to, I'd pay attention to your protein, try to make sure you hit your markers of that every day. And then every once in a while, I would track your calories if you wanted to eat something that you think is kind of unhealthy. So I wouldn't track, there's, I don't think there's a lot of great reasons to track chicken and rice and, and uh, uh, lean ground beef and, and things like that. But if you are gonna track anything, I would track the burrito that you eat at lunch. And then just start to pick a little bit of stuff off of there because you could still have a delicious burrito, but having sour cream, guacamole, cheese, having kind of that trifecta of fats in there it's just gonna put the calories like through the roof. So instead you get it with extra meat and just pick one of those fats. Maybe the only fat you pick is the avocado or the only fat you pick is the cheese because at least the cheese has protein and fat. So it's like little stuff like that that you'll learn. And that's why it's, it can be important just to look at the calories a little bit here and there. You wanna eat ice cream? Fine, go get some ice cream. But instead of the Ben and Jerry's, maybe you make a slightly better option, a slightly better choice. There's this triple uh, turned uh, ice cream that you can get. It has like, I think, quarter of the calories, maybe even actually half the calories as a Ben and Jerry's. So you get to eat more ice cream <laughs> for this, for a similar amount of calories. You get to eat double the amount of ice cream. So just little things like that, I think could be really useful, but I don't think you need to like stress and be too crazy about it. The very beginning, I didn't, actually I can't even say it. Well, the very beginning of training, when I didn't even know what a gym was, I, I didn't track anything, I just ate. I'd eat like three big meals a day. They still all had protein in them. I drank a lot of milk. Um, but then, I don't know, I would still say, by the second year I was getting into like keto, I was looking at all these different diets because you can find any coach or anybody you're interested in, you can find their PDF on. I just wanna step in for a second and, and mention that Kenny was training hard for a really long time. Like you started baseball when you were how old? Like six. Yeah. So he started baseball at six, probably got fairly serious about it at like eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? And then you were, you were all in with baseball. You played yeah. it like year round and shit like that, right? Yeah. So you got to kind of keep some of these things in mind. If you're not as active, 
then you might need to pay a little bit more attention to some of your nutrition. And also you need to be honest with yourself. Are you, are you really, if, if you're training really hard, then the consequences of your diet will be way less. If you're kind of like, man, like you're just starting out and your intensity is low and your frequency is low and your volume and stuff like that is a little bit low, then the amount of calories that you eat is going to matter a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't really track anything. Even when I did have some structure, I remember, uh, I really got into senior year. I got into low, a low carb diet. I felt pretty good, but I needed, you'll just learn stuff. I, I found that I definitely needed carbs for playing baseball, working out and stuff, but I still believe, even though I'm biased, I tried Justin Harris's diet mm. and I think you can pull a lot of great stuff. You don't have to follow it to a T because it's pretty confusing for a beginner. But if you just break it down and take pieces of other people's, uh, I guess, methods. He I think, cycled carbs, right? Yeah. So I did that with, I didn't really know, I didn't have his plan yet, but when I was it was like a year before I got to super training and got introduced to his actual plan that I got to follow. Um, I did my own version and really it was just eat a lot of food on the, on the hard days of training, eat less food on the days I'm not as active, and then you could have a medium day or you could just have a training day uh, structure and an off day structure. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a diet. Just be aware and conscious of like, if I'm training today, I'm gonna have a little bit more food than I normally would. When I'm not training in the gym, I'm not burning as much calories, so I don't need as much food. I don't need as much carbs. Maybe I have a tiny bit more fat or foods that are more satiating, but. Almost the worst thing you can do is like not eat, you know? Yeah. When you start to train and you start to get into it, I'm just trying to think in my head like, you know, how do we keep this super simple? And yeah, it'd be good to like add protein and so forth, but really just try to eat pretty frequently. I wouldn't recommend fasting. I don't think it's a great idea right off the bat. Yeah. Just get your food in. Once you get your feet wet and once you start to understand the rules, remember what Joel Sullivan said, once you know the rules, then you can break them. So once you start to understand the rules a little bit, that's when you can start to implement yeah. other strategies. But get all the basics down first. Train yeah. hard, try to eat whole foods. Uh, make sure you're not missing meals. Those are like the little things of bodybuilding. Actually, bodybuilders consider missing a meal as, as cheating on your diet. I don't even know if people know that, but like a bodybuilder who's supposed to get in five or six meals, if they only got in like uh, four meals for the day, then they were off the plan. They didn't hit what they needed to hit. Give you guys a little bit of like take-home stuff. You know, if you're new the kind of old school three sets, 10 to 12 reps. I think that's tried and true. I think that could be really useful. What are your, what kind of weights do you pick? Well, start out really light on set number one, set number two, go kind of medium and set number three, try to brush up against the edge of what would be uh, a technical, what's called a technical limit. So rather than just like pure failure, you start to shimmy and shake quite a bit. If that feels good, maybe do one more set. I would also suggest along with your three sets that you probably pick about two exercises per body part. So instead of just one exercise, probably pick about two would be a great place to start. Probably do that like twice a week. Um, 
workouts could be what 45 minutes to an hour. What about any, what about building in any other habits? Do you think, is there any reason like, you know, just for habit purposes to build in like a little bit of cardio or anything like that or not, uh, maybe not in the beginning? I think cardio is good. I think it could. Maybe could, build a habit of walking or something here yeah, and there. Yeah, just being more Walk active, on a treadmill here and there. It's healthy. It could also help. Shuttle eat. nutrients kind yeah, of Yeah, you could probably spike appetite. Mm -hmm. I know I did that. That's with, a good point. With uh, being a skinnier dude, you would think that cardio would do the opposite, but it actually helped me in the morning and post-workout. When I was three, four meals deep, I would do like 30 minutes of cardio just walking after my workout. So by the time I got home, I was starving and ready to eat rather than get home and my appetite's gone because I trained pretty I think, intense. I think that's a fucking clip right there. I think, uh, I think you guys should film it, maybe pop outside if it's like bright enough walk down the street with your shirt off kind of fast and say here's what I did to get <laughs> here's something I did to get big that's unconventional yeah and talk about walking driving your appetite I think it'd be sick yeah that'll be good but homework I mean technique I wish I did that in the beginning focus on technique the gym should be fun but it, you should also treat it as like a practice for what you're gonna progress in. Like, I just wish that I did not, I wish I just prioritized my technique more because I would have, I feel like made a lot more progress. You feel feel like sometimes you, you uh, got into the weight yeah. more so than it, like you sacrificed, like I want more weight on there so I don't care about my form yeah. as much. That might change, the other people might not matter. I did do powerlifting so I wasn't really too concerned with how I looked, but I still wanted to look jacked and I still think that my back isn't the way I want it to be and maybe other body parts because I was just moving the weight. If I took the time to drop the ego, focus on technique and form and progress at that point rather than progress with doing the movement incorrectly, I feel like I would have had, for bodybuilding, my goals, I would have had a lot more progress. What do you think about like maybe a little bit of like even for a non-bodybuilder, like uh, we talk, we talk a little bit about like posing, but like maybe not even so much posing, but just flexing. What do you think about a little bit of flexing? Yeah, flexing the bicep, flexing the tricep. Yeah, I used. I, I think that I used to do a lot of that because um, I forgot who. It, I mean, it was a thing when I was in high school. Like, yeah. oh, you train your chest and you flex. You give it. it a little squeeze. But it was also all the men's physique guys doing that, and I was like, eh, I don't really. That just looks like eyewash. But looking, knowing what I do now, there's definitely a benefit in the pushing blood flow, contracting. Kind of learning. To, yeah, learning how to contract the muscle, squeeze it, control it. And that can help, you know, other movements too. If you learn how to, I don't know, if you squeeze your chest after every fly, you might be able to mimic the same thing when you're doing a press next week or mm. something is going to click the more you mess around and tweak your body. So get you in tune with how to fire those muscles and yeah. get you, cause like people are super confused when it comes to something like flexing the lat or even something like, I think it's useful. Like if you can learn how to flex your hamstring, like your hamstring is flexed when you kind of push your toes into the ground and, and almost like act like you're pulling. 
-hmm. And I think then when you go to do a hamstring exercise, it has a little bit more, it's a little bit more useful because then you know what you're trying to do. And you can actually learn it so well, I don't, I don't know if people recognize this, you can learn it so well that you can get the same burn in your hamstrings and you get the same feel in your hamstrings as you do like in your biceps when you're doing a curl. And to me, I think that's important to like kind of build that mind-muscle connection. So you don't have to go around the gym and like flex all day long or anything, but in between sets, you can just, if you're doing hamstrings, you can be like, okay, there's the hamstring. That's how it's supposed to feel when I'm doing this exercise. Why am I just, you know, going, because you probably have too much weight on there. You're just swinging and going through the motions. Instead, you can slow it down and really get that feel of trying to flex some of those muscles. Yeah. So... My homework would be, hmm, even though I hate school, <laughs> um, make it fun, be creative, but also uh, I would say for everybody, just focus on prioritize technique over getting too caught up in just how heavy you can lift because that might take you back five steps. You'll thank yourself down the road if your technique is solid. I got a little piece of homework for y'all. Ask somebody at the gym a question. Yep. Pick like one person that you think's not too much of an a-hole and uh, just say, hey bro, you got sick, you got sick glutes. How do I get those? No, say like, you know, if someone has big shoulders or you see someone throwing around some weight on an exercise and say, hey, you mind, you know, showing me that for a minute? Usually people are going to be super nice. The people that are in good shape and the people that are big and strong, you don't think they want to talk about it a little bit more? They usually do. So they're usually going to be friendly. Ask them a question. Try to learn. Maybe another chunk of homework is uh, maybe just try another gym. Like let's say that you've been to the gym and you're like, ah, I don't know, you know. Um, you got this membership at this one place. See if you can... Uh, get into another place for a day, get a day pass, whatever, sneak in with a friend, however you gotta do it, and try out a different spot. I've found that something like going to a different gym, even sometimes still to this day, driving 30 minutes to another gym gets, or when I travel, I get to train another gym, it immediately, uh, my emotions and my feel for working out changes, even though I love training here at my own spot. This is a great atmosphere to train in, but when you have an opportunity sometimes to go to a different uh, spot, sometimes that spot just has a little different energy. Now you can pit the places against each other. You could say, ah, that gym kind of sucks in the morning, but this gym over here is really good in the morning. Oh, that gym kind of sucks later on, or they don't have good leg equipment. It's not motivating when you go to a gym if they don't have the right equipment for some of the body parts that you're trying to work. So find another gym, and uh, hopefully some of this is helpful. Yeah. Want to take us on out of here, Kenny? All right, that's enough anabolic activities for today. Like the video, comment, let us know what you think. We appreciate all of you. Who has better shoulders, me or Kenny? Don't be honest. Just pick me so I don't cry. Let us know what you think. If you have any topics you guys want us to cover, Yeah. let us know. Anabolic activities on YouTube and Instagram. Stay jacked. Yep. Cause I've taken guys at, at my gym, you know, they're, they're bigger than me, you know, 40, 50 pounds. And I take them through a, a, a leg day and they're just wrecked. They're wrecked. They're on gear. They're, they're not natural. <laughs> right. And, and they, they don't, 
they don't recover. And what's the slice of pizza gonna do for you? Did it really tackle that craving or did it make it worse? You know, in most cases, it's just gonna make you want to have like seven slices of pizza. Can you tell when somebody cheats on their diet? How much does that push them back? And how do you approach, like how do you fix somebody cheating on their diet? You just tell them you're gonna look like shit and we're not gonna get you lean enough on stage.